Hi, I'm Curtis Hill, and you are listening to The Extra Point. Thanks for taking a few moments to listen to The Extra Point. I am recording this Thanksgiving week. Hard to believe that Thanksgiving's nearly here, and although it is not yet here, I have begun to listen to Christmas music which I never used to do, but I like Christmas music so much. I've overcome my internal prohibition to not listen before Thanksgiving. I'm recording this the week of November 24th, 2019. The Extra Point's a place where I can share a little more of what's on my mind, especially related to the Sunday morning message at Ogletown Baptist Church. This past Sunday, we continued in a series that I've called What We Need Now. What We Need Now. Now, there's some urgency as we lead up to Christmas. We're covering the first several chapters of Isaiah. We spent some time in Isaiah chapter 2. And as we looked at what Isaiah was teaching in Isaiah 2, we saw a towering vision. Isaiah describes this vision of a high mountain. And on that mountain, the highest of mountains is the house of God, and his presence is there. And this picture, this towering vision that we talked about on Sunday, people from all nations streaming up to hear the words of God and walk in the ways of God. So this towering vision, but then Isaiah 2 is not a, a pretty picture as you go deeper into it because the people are not heading in this stream up the mountain of God. They're heading in a different direction, finding security in tons of things that are not God. It is a land filled with everything, but a desire to be satisfied in God with him alone. And so what I wanted to talk about Sunday was this inescapable collision between the towering vision of a high mountain and this different direction that the people are going. There's a day when we will meet the judgment of the Lord if we don't humble ourselves, and God will humble us. And the scripture in Isaiah 2 says he will bring us low. It's a call to humble ourselves, to get rid of idols, to cast those away, to stop regarding humans who just have mere breath in their nostrils. We're not God. So It was a powerful image coming from Isaiah that I wanted to communicate. A few things that I didn't mention, or I know at least I didn't mention in our 8.30 and 11 o'clock service. One is this passage in Isaiah 2 is almost identical to a passage in Micah 4. So you can read Micah 4 and you will read the same, almost the same exact words of the beginning verses in Isaiah 2. It's a consistent message that God wanted his people to have of this towering vision of the mountain of God and streaming up and uh, universal peace, multinational peace, because God's word and God's way is treasured. So I would I would encourage you, you'll find it fascinating, some of the similarities in Micah 4, and then a couple of differences where Micah goes a different direction with his particular prophecy. I'm pretty sure I didn't mention this in the 11 o'clock service as I was preaching and teaching then, but the United Nations has Isaiah 2, 4, engraved on a wall close by to the United Nations building in New York City, this verse about universal peace, multinational peace, where the nation doesn't rise up against nation and uh, weapons of war get turned into farming equipment. There's even a statue of someone beating a sword into a plowshare. So this vision is captivating. Really globally, this vision that Isaiah gives is captivating. And I'm glad we had some time to devote to it. The Extra Point is a place where I am grateful to answer a few questions that I receive, especially coming out of the message on Sunday. So one of the questions, and I'll take a minute to unpack it a little bit, one of the questions was extremely helpful and I think really 
it it showed me someone was really deeply processing what we talked about on Sunday. So l- let me try to summarize. Imagine here that God is doing a deep work. That's what the communication that I got was. How does a person retrain their impulses, particularly the way we might come across when we talk after having been brought to a low place? How can we be real with other Christians without making them uncomfortable when we're talking about our changes? How can we ask for encouragement to rebuild in a God-honoring way when we may not say the right things while we're even asking? So this is a good question. God has started a good work, and yet that's going to take time. And we're going to have to retrain some impulses that we have where previously we might have responded in a certain way. And particularly what's highlighted here is speech. So how can we kind of ask for help in that in the midst of knowing we we may be offending other people or they may be struggling to understand where we're coming from? So a few thoughts, and I, I don't know if this answers directly, but a few thoughts did come to mind. I think when we're going through this season of being brought low and humbled before the Lord, we need to not stop at 50% of response, but we need to keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. And part of that is going to mean we really see the damage that our actions, our attitude, our behavior, our words have caused. We need to really see that. We don't need to minimize that. We need to make sure we're not making excuses for what we've done and, and who we've become, what sin we've let fester, what things we have not addressed. And I think maybe in a smaller group of friends, I think some of my encouragement would be in a smaller group of friends, be honest with where God has you. Tell people, this is this is a humbling process that I'm going through. Don't make excuses. And there's probably a few close friends or family where you can invite them in and give them permission to observe what's going on in your life. Observe some of the difficulties, how you have been brought low. Give them permission to observe and to communicate. Verbalize where you've been and ask them, hey, when you hear me say this certain thing, if the tone is not right, if the words are too sharp, would you would you tell me that? I think sometimes people will give us feedback and give us input, but they almost have to have permission to observe these things and share these things. I, a, another thought came to mind is, as you're going through this work of sanctification, God changing you from the inside out, maybe it's a good thing to journal or to write down some of the impulses you have, some of the thoughts that you had, some of the ways, maybe triggers that you were ready to respond. And maybe that by just by writing it down, going through at the end of the day, recording some of those instances, maybe that helps you track some progress and and also makes you aware of some areas where it was a struggle. So those are a few ideas where maybe in the meantime, as God is doing a work in your life, you could track some progress. You could invite other people in. Here's another question. It's similar, but a little bit different. In what ways is it critical for the body of believers to play a role in coming alongside those that the Lord has brought low? So again, the picture from Sunday was the Lord humbles us. The Lord brings us low. And this is a great question. Like, How does the body of believers come alongside those who the Lord has brought low, the Lord has humbled? I think one thing, and I know this goes without saying, but I I think one thing we have to do is listen. We have to listen to people. Job's friends, it's interesting because I've been reading Job in my uh, Bible reading, and Job's friends wait for a little while, but then they come in with a lot of advice and a lot of correction to Job and a lot of their kind of their worldview, how they see the world. And so even after they've waited a little bit, I don't think they waited enough. 
So they connect dots and they start pointing the finger at Job and Job is very, very defensive. So this is what I would say when the Lord is bringing someone low close to us, listen, ask questions, draw the person out, draw the person out, ask them what's going on. Ask the second question and the third question. Don't, don't be satisfied with the surface and then listen and don't feel like you have to fill every bit of space with your words. Uh, depending on how well you know them, you can give them words of grace and truth. But I, I think if there are words of correction, I'd ask the Lord for a great amount of wisdom. I, I would definitely speak words of affirmation and encouragement that the Lord is for you, that God is building you up, that the Lord may even bring us through a series of discipline or judgment, but it's always for our good. So I would I would try to encourage them and at least let them know, hey, if you need anything, I'm here. And maybe, again, depending on how, how well you know them, you show up unannounced or you say, let's go out uh, for coffee or let, let's get a meal together. Can you come over to our house? We want to spend some time. I know you're going through a tough season. Maybe even you mark out on your calendar reminders. Th- these are just ways in which you want to intentionally play a role in someone that's been brought low. And then one, one more question here. Why does this chapter about judgment, which is the back half of Isaiah 2, why does that begin with blessing and vision in the beginning? And this is some of the challenge. I was, I'm glad for the question because this is the way Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah go often. There's like there are things woven together. There are these visions of judgment, and then there are these visions of mercy and restoration, and then another vision of judgment, and then more mercy and restoration. And there's cycles and repetition in these books. And it's a little bit disorienting to read, but it also reminds me this is where life is sometimes. So sometimes my life is filled with some difficult things, and there are these glimmering hopes that we have. And then it seems like we're back into hard times where the Lord is bringing us low, and then we're back into times where we have a clear vision of the Lord. So it does make it hard to read some of these books, especially a big book like Isaiah. But it may be helpful to remember some of these things are cycles and repetition that really reemphasize Yes, judgment comes because of sin, and yes, God's grace can be just as real as it's ever been. So hopefully that's helpful. As always, if you'd like to get in touch and ask a question for a future podcast or even just make a comment, there's a place online that you can fill out or just shoot me an email at chill at ogletown.org. A few resources as I was thinking about this message and particularly this series. So as it relates to this message, I read a book a few years ago called Humilitas, So it was written by an Australian writer, John Dixon. It's certainly not a theology book, but Dixon is such a good writer. And this book made me think about the nature of being brought low and humbling myself and how it relates to certainly the Lord, but also how it relates to each other. And it just really probed my heart and was a different kind of writing than I had read. So I'll link to that on the show notes. Uh, A couple other books that came to mind I think it's great when Christians build up a library of good resources for particular books of the Bible. And so when I think of Isaiah, there are a couple books that I think would be great for Christians to have. So one of those would be called Isaiah by the Day. It's written by a British pastor named Alec Matir. So he was a a pastor that's passed away, but these are like devotional thoughts but they are really rich, really meaty, and really make you think. So he gives his own translation of Isaiah, and this has been very, very helpful for me in sermon preparation. So that's Isaiah by the Day. And then another book that's been helpful is Encountering the Book of Isaiah 
by Brian Beyer. So it's a little bit more of a textbook kind of approach, but it is extremely helpful. Connects some dots, very, very well illustrated. So it really helps you track what the main message of Isaiah. So again, I'll link to both of these on the show notes. Well, I'm sure there's a lot more we could talk about, especially as it relates to Isaiah too, but I hope answering some of these questions and giving you some of these resources has served you well. I want to say bye for now. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving, and I want to thank you again for listening this week to The Extra Point. Mm.